ಮುನೀಜಲಿಸ್ಮಿ So in the last class we have already started discussing on the sutras which describes the specific samyama the set of dharana dhyana samadhi on particular part of the body or particular aspects not on the ultimate reality not on the self but when we develop the power of concentration most probably in our spiritual life what happens that without any intention of trying to develop supernatural powers we are trying to concentrate our mind on our ishta the chosen ideal or the spiritual practices prescribed which speaks of pure spiritual evolution but in the process what happens as our mind gets very sharp it gets extremely focused whenever that focused mind is diverted to anything we will find the wonderful results are ensuring from it which almost appears as something supernatural but there is a science behind it is a focus which finds expression as all the supernatural powers so these are the two things first thing that there is nothing called supernatural they are all natural we don't know the science behind it and the second is the one who is progress progressing in the spiritual path path should not get bewildered by them they shouldn't get sidetracked that those come in the way as your mind gets extremely focused so it's very natural that it will find this focused mind wherever it just diverts its attention immediately some supernatural power finds expression but one should not get lured by them and got sidetracked that's why yoga sutra is describing all these powers just to make us familiar that this is something quite natural we will find in the life we, we are uh, in the last class also we will find that the ramakrishna who was always extremely aversive to the supernatural powers he never wanted that but we've already have cited that there were the expression of supernatural powers in his life which was something spontaneous if the mind which you have given to god the same mind when you are directing not for worldly gains just to say find the disciple the one who is a true earnest devotee and just by seeing the physical traits he finds out so that way the supernatural find is finding expression but those are very spontaneous it's not that just to find out the traits of that man he has practiced something the focus which he has given to god which now he is diverting to just find out the traits of a particular character it spontaneously is revealed most probably ramakrishna himself is also not bothered about the science behind it but there is a science 
which Yoga Sutra is enunciating through all the sutras. Why? Just to understand these two facts. That first, that it is not something supernatural. That there is some natural law behind it. And second, they are a spontaneous expression of your, what you say, the progress in spiritual journey. They are just the milestones. They are not just the, they are not the goal. So we shouldn't get lured by them. So now let us start with this brief introduction. Let us start the sutras, which enunciates these various vibhutis, the supernatural powers, which comes with particular type of sanyama. The 18th sutra of the third chapter, which we already started discussing in the last class, that we will just try to elaborately discuss again in this class. What is the sutra? First, let us read the sutra and then we will go to the discussion. Samskara shakshat karanat purva jyati jnanam. Samskara shakshat karanat. By perceiving the latent impressions, knowledge of the previous birth is acquired. Now, how to perceive the latent impressions? Now, for a person who has already spiritually evolved, he has already developed the capacity to calm down the mind, to close, to shut down the perception of the senses, drive within and calm down the mind, stop all the turbulence. And when we can do that, we can see all the latent impressions lying hidden in our mind. As in the last class, we were giving an example. Suppose in a room, which is darkened, all the windows are closed, it is dark. And with a projector, I project some picture on a screen. And the picture is vividly visible. Nice, it's visible. And now you open the windows. And then you see, you cannot see that picture, which was visible when the windows were closed. Has the picture vanished? No, it is still there. But the light, when you open the window, the daylight overpowers the light which has been projected through the projector. And now, though it is there, it is not seen. So why we cannot see our samskaras, latent impressions, which are there lying hidden in our subconscious mind? We are not aware of them. Why? Because our conscious mind is extremely active. Constantly, it is perceiving the world through the five senses. And even when I'm not perceiving, I find that I cannot keep my mind just calm. The constantly, that innumerable thoughts, even in the modern psychology, it is being mentioned that per day, it, you will be amassed to know that we think in average about 60,000 thoughts. Just can you imagine, we can imagine 60,000 thoughts, constantly the mind is jumping from thought to thought. So unless we can calm down the mind, close the windows of the mind, darken the room, the projector actually is the thing which speaks of the subconscious mind, which is projecting the pictures of the latent impressions of your past births, which is still there in your mind. But it is not visible. Why it's not visible? because all the conscious mind is open. If we can close it, we can regress back even to our past lives. 
That's why we find yesterday there was the Buddha Purnima. The first thing when Buddha was going to the illumination, the first thing that happened just before illumination, the past births became palpably visible. And from there, the Jataka stories came. All the past births, not only as human, even as an animal. And that's the thing which Buddha relates when he comes back from the illumination. How it happens, the same thing. When the mind calms down, all the past impressions are palpably visible. And it is something, it is not just to see the past. Nowadays we find that in, even in a lot of TV channels are there, in YouTube you will get that there, some people are there to help you to find out your past. By taking, by just by hypnotizing you, by calming down your mind, they regress to your past. So it is not for just to regress and know your past that these things are to be practiced. In spiritual life, it comes spontaneously as we were saying. And this thing, if you are not lured by them, it actually helps in spirituality. How it helps? When you see the past lives, in the Yoga Sutra, we have already studied that there are two types of vairagya. Just one is vairagya and another is a para vairagya, supreme renunciation. Vairagya means whatever desires is finding expression in my conscious mind. I somehow with my willpower have developed the faculty to withstand them, not to be lured by them. That is vairagya. What is para vairagya? When you have calmed down the mind, you're about to reach the state of illumination. Then this pa- you regress to your past. And then that para vairagya is bound to come. Why? You see that while, how futile we were repeating the same cycle life after life. We thought the life to be something which is going to give us a lot of enjoyment. The life is an advertisement which professes a lot of things but delivers very little. Nothing. Almost nothing. And every time we were lured, as a young man, we were aspiring to just be established in life. We got established. We had a good job. We had a good, uh, most probably family. And then we find that the old age is coming. Whatever nature gave me, again, he's taking back. I am pitiable. I don't want to leave. But nature forces me everything out of me. And at last, I find that Jara Vyadhi Mrityu, as in the last class also we were discussing the Buddha, on the occasion of Buddha Purnima yesterday, that these are the facts of life. I have to go through them. And that's what I was going life after life. And then the sense of meaninglessness comes in our life. That for what I am doing this? And that para vairagya takes you to that supreme, that, uh, that supreme renunciation takes you to the next stage in your spiritual life. What's that? That you now want to go beyond all this phenomenal existence. And that leads you to the ultimate liberation. So it's not something which is subjective, that you know your past. Even when you're spiritually illumined, you can know the other's past. And for that also the same thing applies. First, I have to somehow calm down the other's mind. And then I can even regress back to the past of that other person. When Naren came to Sri Ramakrishna, Ramakrishna, just seeing this, his external traits, immediately knew that he is not an ordinary being. 
but to be co- to confirm he wanted to take him to his past he touched narain and narain felt that everything is vanishing the this phenomenal existence is vanishing but you find that his conscious mind is still very active he is never habituated to go to that state previously so he shouted out what are you doing to me he felt as if he is going to be killed he is going to die he shouted what o oh, paramhansa what are you doing to me i have my parents my father my mother ramakrishna again touched him and told okay not today so what you see that still the conscious mind is quite active it doesn't want to be totally subdued so ramakrishna just gives a goal okay not today and again in the next those who have read the life of ramakrishna you will find that this is the story which is mentioned it is only in the second attempt that that day narain came with the resolution that somehow this uh, mad cap that's what he felt ramakrishna was somehow uh, a mad person he never had a very uh, high regards at the very beginning he had high regards but he thought that he is a monomaniac though he has this tremendous renunciation but to certain extent in certain uh, aspects he has a type of insanity and with resolution that i won't allow him to again hypnotize me i'm a young man i'm a strong person it's only the child or the one who is mind is weak they can be hypnotized i am a young man with a strong mind with strong will power how can he just simply uh, hallucinate me he can he can hypnotize me so with a resolution he goes but the second day we find again with the touch this time narain goes into the state of deep contemplation means totally oblivious of the surrounding and in that state ramakrishna asked him about his past and narain himself never uh, actually um, remembered what he told but ramakrishna related it to others what's that that he is one of the rishis of the seven rishis the saptarshi is one he came from a very undifferentiated illumined undifferentiated illumined realm from there he came down for a particular purpose and rao ramakrishna was assured of the past of naren so why we are just citing this just see as long as the conscious mind was active it was not possible for ramakrishna to go to naren's past he was revolting when in the second attempt he was able to make naren totally subdued of his conscious mind he became totally oblivious he went to the past of naren and was now convinced seeing him he understood that who he is but now by taking him to the past and just hearing from him in that state about his past now he is convinced now he knows this is the instrument through which he is going to work so just see that ramakrishna has not actually uh, done this just to show his supernatural power there is some other mission and this is something in a spontaneous way finding expression through his life when you develop spiritually all these powers automatically come it's not something you have to practice them because wherever your mind is directed it gives the result because of the tremendous focus immediately and that's what is being indicated here samskara shakshat karanat purva jyati gyanam 
when you can subdue your conscious mind, close the windows of the conscious mind, the unconscious mind, the subconscious mind becomes palpably visible. And that indicates all the traits of the past, of the tendencies, latent tendencies, indicates the past birth, which a yogi can as if see just the way they through a projector, you can see a movie in projected on the screen, just on the same way they can see the past. So that's what has been indicated in the 18th Sutra. What's the 19th Sutra, the next Sutra? Pratyayasya Parachitya Jnana. Pratyaya, what is the Pratyaya here means? Here the word Pratyaya means the science of the body. That we all, that as per our physiognomy is concerned, our body, our facial expression, that actually speaks of our character to a great extent. So by making samyama on the signs of the body, knowledge of the mind comes. Why? How it happens? Because we are all psychosomatic. It is the mind which is projecting the body, not the other way. That somehow the body has is evolved because of the conglomeration of cells, and from that, as an epiphenomenon, the mind evolved. No. It is the mind who is, which is projecting the body. Just the way the nail comes out of the body, our mind is the real body. And the physical body, like the nails, is projected from the main body, the mind. And that's happening life after life. So that's this mind is projecting the body. So naturally, the traits of the mind is bound to be visible in our uh, this physical expression in various ways. That's why even in uh, modern medical science, we are told that most of the diseases are psychosomatic. There must be some stress factor, some worry factor in our mind, which results in all the diseases in some way or other. Psychosomatic. So this shows that the mind has effect on the body. And a yogi, just by seeing the traits of the body, can find out the real nature, the bent of character of that person. If you go through the gospel of Sri Ramakrishna or the great master, the, the Lila Prashanga, the life of Sri Ramakrishna, you will find when the young boy started coming, Ramakrishna had very peculiar ways to find out the character traits, the trait of the characters of this young boy. Are they too worldly or are they have the spiritual bent? All those things are very interesting. You will find suddenly he will take the hand and he as if he will weigh from the elbow. He will, he will just ask the person to keep loose the hand from his elbow and he will weigh. He only knows how he used to weigh that. If the weight was too much, he will say that he is having worldly traits. If it was very light, it, doesn't, it has nothing to do with the muscular build. Even a strong man just by taking his hand, he could find out that how featherly it is. It's like, almost like feather. And he will immediately find that he is having the spiritual traits. So this was a very common practice for Ramakrishna. Just by the physical traits, he will observe the angles and curves of the arms and joints. Is it too angular or is it a bit rounded? That actually describes the trait of the character. So many things. Means Ramakrishna was a minute observer. Uh, so many things uh, which may appear to be a bit crude, but something very wonderful that 
when someone is having the nature's cause, when there's urge for urination, in which direction the urine is falling, the left or the right, from that he will find out the character trait. He will, from the color of the eye, he will find out the trait of the character. Type of eye. Some eyes are, you know, very small, but very elongated. Some are very broad. So from that, he will find out the character traits and it's always used to be correct. That's a very interesting thing. The shape of the head, the chest. If, if anyone is having very broad chest, not the PGN chest, he's having, uh, uh, what you say, the spiritual traits are, are much more evolved in that person. So all those things Ramakrishna will minutely observe. So that speaks of the Samyama because as we are telling, we are the psychosomatic. Seeing the bodily traits, you can find out the nature of the mind. And Ramakrishna was an expert in this physiognomy. He was an expert. And it is not that he was trained in that. Again, the same thing, that because the mind was already given to the, the spiritual pursuits alone, that pure mind in whatever direction it went, it immediately found expression as all those supernatural powers, which actually has a science behind it. The basic science is that we are psychosomatic. So naturally, that the bent of the mind finds expression through the body. And by studying the body, you can know the nature of the mind. So pratyasya parachitta jnanam. If you want to know the knowledge of others' mind, the bent, the character trend of others' mind, you can do it by studying the signs, various signs of the body. So that's what's spoken of in the 19th Sutra, the 20th Sutra. That is also very interesting. The Yoga Sutra is very interesting. It will go to the very specific description. After saying Pratyasya Parachitta Gyanam, it will say something interesting in the 20th Sutra. Nacha tat salambanam tasya avishai bhutatvat. Nacha tat salambanam. What it means? Now, alambana means contents. Salambana means along with contents. Here it is saying, Nachatat Salambanam, not along with the contents. You know the traits of that pan's character, but not very specifically. You can just have a general idea. What it is speaking, we can simply understand with a very simple example. Seeing a very, what you say, a person uh, who is a bit obese, we can of course infer that he overeats, he's a glutton. We can to a certain extent. Uh, infer that. But can we infer what's the type of food he takes? That we cannot infer. He overeats, that we can infer. But what he eats, that we cannot infer. So that's what is indicated. You cannot go to the details. You can have a general, by seeing those bodily traits, a general idea you can have. You cannot have the very specific traits of that uh, character. That is, You can just have a very general overview of it. So that's the thing as we indicated in the 20th Sutra. So let us proceed to the 21st Sutra. This is very interesting. If you want to vanish, so this is the science of vanishing. <laughs> so what is the science of vanishing? Kaya Rupa Samyamat Kaya Rupa Samyamat Trat Tat Grahya Shakti Stambhe Chakshu Prakasha Asamprayoge Antardhanam Kaya Rupa Samyamat Samyama, by making Samyama, Dharana, Dhyana, Samadhi, on the form of the body. Kaya Rupa. That someone is sitting and he's not moving, 
and he says i will vanish just go on looking at me i will vanish and you said suddenly is vanish and that is possible that is saying the kaya rupa samyamat just go on observing that person the perceptibility of the form automatically gets obscured and the power of the manifestation of the i gets separated from that object means though in through the i the object is being perceived somehow the mind doesn't register it that's being meant by chakshu paraksha asamprayoge though the chakshu is seeing but asamprayoge it is not getting connected with the mind and as a result what happened the person becomes unseen antardhanam he is antardhanam means he vanishes he is not seen now you may say what's this is it really possible so you better go to the because nowadays ramakrishna used to say very interesting thing that what's the our condition you know that if some person comes and says that is suppose all are taking tea they are sitting in some tea stall in the morning gossiping having tea in india it's a very common thing and someone comes and gives the news just now while passing by the street i saw that four story building has collapsed and the all who were taking tea they immediately opened the newspaper and saw no such news of this collapsing of the building immediately they told it cannot be true it is false it's not there in the newspaper so why ramakrishna is saying this to just to joke our condition that if the scripture say something even if it's genuine we will open the newspaper called the so called science journals and if we find it is not mentioned we say it's false but if we find any reference to the science journal then we said oh most probably it is correct so let us try to refer to the science journal to find out that what this uh, sutra means kaya rupa samyamat trat grahya shakti stambhe chakshu paraksha asamprayoge antardhanam you if you, you can all search in the internet there is something called cheshire cat illusions if you have studied the alice in wonderland alice in wonderland there is a character called the cheshire cat now what that alice sometimes will be witty just have some conversation with that cat the witty cat that cat always had the habit of putting some puzzling questions and by the time you can find out the answer and just about to reply that you will find the cat has vanished and that way our this alice used to get terribly annoyed that you even don't give me time to just think a little and you just when i'm just about to deliver the answer you vanish and not only vanish what he what the cat will do the cat had a wonderful green from year to year a wonderful green now it will just simply vanish now first it will have a wonderful smile and then suddenly we find it's it was just the witty cat will have a wonderful smile always and suddenly it vanishes now one day when this uh, alice gets annoyed and says just give me time why do you just simply vanish so fast you don't give me time even to think of the answer now again he put some puzzle puzzling question this cat put and now this alice was thinking of the answer and now this time he found a wonderful thing he was still more perplexed what's that that as the as he she has requested the cat that you shouldn't vanish suddenly just give me time now they found she found that the cat is vanishing slowly very gradually it is vanishing and at last the entire body vanished only the green was visible the teeth and the green with the smile with the, all the teeth visible that was visible 
but the cat gradually vanished. So that's the Cheshire cat. And now this Cheshire cat illusion is there to describe a scientific phenomenon. A very interesting experiment. What's the experiment? Suppose you are sitting in front of you, your friend is sitting and he's having a wonderful green with all the teeth are visible and the eyes that he has kept his eyes open and he's most probably have asked him not to even wink. So with the eyes brought open, he's sitting with a smile. And now you have to do one thing. On your, say on your right, there's a white wall. There's a white wall and the friend is sitting in the front. There is a white wall. Now on the ridge of your nose, you keep a mirror. Okay, this is a very wonderful experiment. Cheshire cat, this for this, for this to find that what the Cheshire cat illusion is, this experiment is there. Keep a small mirror on the ridge of your nose so that with, the, with your right eye, you can see the image of the wall. So you're seeing the image of the wall which is on your right side. And with the left eye, you're seeing the, your friend sitting in front with the wonderful green. Now your friend will become Cheshire Light. How? Now, just uh, you're holding the mirror with your left hand and your right hand is free. And in the, you can see the right wall from, uh, on the mirror. Now, gradually you bring your right hand, which is free and start moving in front of the mirror. So now, you can, you're supposed to see both the moving hand as well as your friend because the left eye is seeing the friend and the right eye is seeing the movement, but a wonderful thing will happen. Suddenly you will find the friend is not visible. Though your right left eye is open, he or she is not visible. The moment the hand is moving and it happens for a short time. And after that, again, it will be visible. So though the friend is sitting in front, not moving still, Suddenly he goes out of your vision. See, chakshu paraksha asamprayaga. The eyes are open, but somehow it is not registered in the mind. What's the science behind it? Very interesting. The science is very interesting. So as when we were evolving uh, through the various phases of evolution, the one thing, the movement was something which we always gave importance to. If we have to, as a predator, if we have to catch the prey, it is something moving that immediately makes us focused. Our attention is drawn. Oh, there is some creature. I have to catch it. Or if you are the prey and someone predator is there, again, the movement is something which is very important. A little movement, immediately you will become conscious. Nothing is moving, nothing to fear. Maybe there is some rock, even if it is not noticed, no problem. So we have, when we were evolving, our mind always registers the movement first, gives priority to that, not to something which is unmoving, not moving. Something is not moving, if you go on watching, even sometimes if you're looking at it, the, your mind may get detached from it because there is no danger from it. Danger is always there from the movement. So moment, here you find what has happened as one eye's vision is not synchronized with the others. When we are seeing, generally we see with both the eyes and the vision of both the eyes gets synchronized. Here you have kept the mirror in such a way, the vision of the left eye cannot get synchronized with that of the right eye. 
So what something wonderful is happening in the brain. The moment the movement is there, immediately, as both the visions cannot be synchronized, it first immediately registers the movement at the cost of something which is not moving. But at the same time, if the friend is sitting there just still, the, the total form of the friend vanishes. But if he was having a green, then just like the Cheshire cat, you see only the green and not the entire form. You know why? Again, it is the predator's teeth and the eye, which is the most terrific thing for us. As a prey, what you are constantly watching, the movement as well as seeing the teeth and the eye, you know whether it is going to attack you. Even when the, sometimes the predator is there, something relaxing, though it is moving, relaxing, you know it is not going to attack. But when it is going to attack, you can see that its teeth are visible and the eyes are not winking. So here, very interesting. The person is sitting still without the eyes winking and the teeth, the green is there. The, those are not moving. So they are supp not supposed to be seen because that is also not, there's no movement. But you can see, just like the Cheshire cat, only the green and the eyes. Again, it speaks of the way our mind evolved. The mind always gives importance that there is a question of your own, uh, the, what is the question of the crisis, danger. The predator may attack you. Its eyes and its uh, teeth speaks of whether it's going to attack you. Its movement speaks of whether it's going to attack you. So whenever there's a movement, immediately the mind will give importance to that. So that's the basic science behind this vanishing. So even in the magic show, when the magician vanishes, he will make something moving in the background. So that gets the priority of your vision. And there, though the magician is there, most probably there will be that disconnection for what you're seeing with the mind. The, you're seeing, still the eyes are open, but it cannot get attached with the mind. So that is what Chakshu Paraksha Asamprayoge Tat Graya Shakti Stambhe. So the perceptivity gets obscured. It's not that the person has really vanished, it is still there, but your perceptibility has got obscured and that results in Antardhana. He is no more seen. So now you will find that how wonderful the sutras are. The moment you relate it with some scientific experiment, the magicians do it now and then. It is, but again, the magic is also having a science. Magic is not the way we think that it has just somehow he has done with some supernatural capabilities. No, there is a science. Magic is a science. And that science has a lot of things to do with the mind. If you ask a magician, he will say, he will say that it is a science, but it is a science of the mind. It's not just in laboratory I can show with some chemicals, uh, some experiment. It has to do with the control of the mind. It is a science, but for that, we have to train our mind. And that's what is being spoken of here. And that's what the magician also does. So Kaya Rupa Samyamat, by constant keeping, keeping your gaze on something unmoving, a form which is not moving, the, after some time, the mind what says that there is no fear from it. It stops registering it. This Grahya Shakti Stambhe Chakshu Prakasha Asamprayoge. It won't, though the eyes are open, it won't register in the mind. It's not connected and that object becomes unseen. So that's the 
thing for just for your if in the future if you're interested you can search this cheshire cat illusions this experiment uh, is there a lot of such uh, experiment video even some uh, what you say the description of all these experiments are there in the internet if you, you just give a search with cheshire cat illusions you will get so many and uh, there's links uh, which actually describes it so let us now go to the next sutra so i think we understand that there is a science behind it and the most interesting thing the thousands of years back how interestingly they studied the mind and this sanskrit words i can give you a very interesting thing there, is, there are so many books of this yoga sutra and people have lost interest because even the interpretations sometimes makes no sense we try to make it more mystified but if you go to the language you just take the word by word it is just that that, that language we have forgotten it is just speaking of signs stambha means something which obscures so grahya shakti stambha chakshu prakash asamprayoga samprayoga means to connect asamprayoga means to disconnect so the chakshu prakasha that the eyes the visibility of the eyes gets disconnected from the mind when you are keeping your gaze on something unmoving for some time and then that objects appears to have disappeared so it's just see it's just speaking of that science of the chesh cheshire cat illusion there's the same thing only the language is a bit different once you understand the language there is no some uh, mist uh, what is the, there is nothing to mystify it it's just the pure science and nothing else so next we go to the 22nd sutra of the third chapter what it is seeking again so you will find that many says the time of death many will be knowing when they are going to die there again is a particular type of sangyama results in that what is that let us read the sutra and then we let us go to the discussion सोपक्रमम निरूपक्रमम च कर्म तत्संयमात अपरांत ज्ञानम अरिष्टेभ्य वा अरिष्टेभ्य वा सो दिस वर्ड्स आर वेरी टेक्निकल संस्कृत वर्ड्स एज दिस वर्ड्स वी आर नॉट यूजिंग दैट्स व्हाई वी डू नॉट अंडरस्टैंड इट इन अ साइंटिफिक मैनर इफ यू जस्ट ट्राई टू फाइंड आउट द मीनिंग ऑफ द वर्ड्स यू विल फाइंड समथिंग वंडरफुल इट इज सेइंग सोपक्रमम निरूपक्रम now karma is of two types some karma you know when i i am born because of my past actions i am born with a particular trait all the karmas all the latent impressions will find expressions through my life but it is not that all will find expression together some will find expression earlier and after that something is waiting that will find expression later that is nirupakrama that later the karma which is to be fructified later that is nirupakrama and the all the karmas which is which is which is which has already started fructifying they are sopakrama so this sopakrama nirupakrama cha karma these two types of karma tat samyamat if you can do sangyama on that then what happens aparanta gyanam that when the yogis knows when exact time of separation from their bodies aparanta and there is another thing which also helps them to know the time when they are going to die that is a specific a, a term is there technical term 
which we will describe that is called arishta by arishta or by supakrama nirukrama one can know the time when he is going to die it's not that the death will take you unaware you know so what it is speaking of now if you remember when we were studying the idea of karma asaya very interesting if you have don't remember in a very quick way we can recapitulate that what the karma asaya means these are the terms if you are not having the specific you don't know the specific meanings it can be quite confusing you know that when we do karma with was with attachment there are two types of karma one is aklishta suppose i am just looking at the table no emotion is involved for this i am not going to accrue any what you say that results for it no vasanas it won't go deep into my psyche as a desire you see a donut previously you have tested so it was klishta you have already got the test of it so now it is deep into your subconscious mind as a klishta vritti next time when you see the donut immediately you will you will have that affliction what you will be drawn towards it so but there are many which are aklishta vritti gyana vrittis are aklishta vrittis just it gives me knowledge i am not bothered about them but the klishta vrittis they are the thing which cause birth me that rebirth all the klishta vrittis that what the so called likes and dislikes likes dislikes fear whatever our knowledge is linked with that that results in samskar latent impression that latent latent impression comes back again as memory whenever the circumstance is there favorable circle it comes back as memory and i am drawn towards it so now you will understand one thing that all the klishta vrittis goes deep into my subconscious mind as klishta samskaras latent impressions they come back as klishta smriti as memory this klishta samskaras what you have experienced once it's not going to be lost through eternity it is going to be saved in the you what is the, uh, the chip of your mind once just in a way in the computer you know nowadays nowadays that auto save happens whatever you are typing automatically it gets saved so here the mind has that auto save mode whatever you experience it's never going to be lost this all these samskaras in one way is getting converted into this latent impression which in yoga is called vasanas they are there samskaras getting vasanas but and these vasanas speaks of my tendencies that what will be my trait but this karma not only gets converted into vasana there are two ways the karma finds expression another is karmashaya what is karmashaya that my all the actions is getting converted into the lateral impressions which speaks of my tendencies and the other is creating an environment where these tendencies will be fulfilled these are the two things one is very subjective and another is cosmic it has nothing to do with me to give a common example a student a small child at the beginning we find was not interested in studies parents were insisting teachers were insisting and through repeated willful attempt to study you develop a taste for it that's how we develop taste for everything that speaks of neuroplasticity do again and again you develop taste 
Now, once the student has developed taste for the studies, as he is getting promoted to higher and higher classes, we find he's getting good grades in all the subjects. Why? That to study has become his nature. That tendency, naturally he's making him study. So this is purely something subjective. I have control over it. But another thing which I have no control, what is that? In the 12th standard, because of all my good grades, now I can choose a professional course. My good grades allows me to get admitted in a medical college. Now, very interesting. The medical college, which is already there, is a product of the collective effort of all the human beings of the entire society. That's not the product of my karma. But what karma has done, once it, the karma has developed this tendency, which gave me good grades, and this is gravitating me to an environment where my these all good tendencies will be fulfilled. But very interesting thing. It's not that all your vasanas will find expression at a time. As a student, I was good in all the subjects, in the language group, in social science, in life science, in physical science, in mathematics, in all subjects I was good. So they were all as vasanas in my mind. But the moment I get admitted in the medical college, this was my particular choice. So I gravitated, I got gravitated there. Now interesting thing will happen. Only your interest in medical science, that will be finding, that will be prominent in your mind. Your interest most probably in music, in others, this language on the language group, on social science group, now they get shadowed once you are in the medical college. So now you will understand that karmashaya, what the idea of karmashaya is. It is ashaya, it is the receptacle where the, your karma takes you. It has taken you to the middle. And once it takes you, your jati, your ayu, your bhoga is defined. Now you are a medical student, that is your jati. Your ayu, the period, the tenure for which you have to be in the medical college, you have to be in the medical college, that is your span. Here we are taking with the help of medical college, the same thing applies when we die, we are getting the new birth. The same thing applies just to help to help us understand, we are taking the example of this medical college. So Jati, Ayu and Bhoga. Now all those who got admitted in the medical college, they are not of the same caliber. Some somehow managed to get in there. Some are really uh, a very good student. And you will find those who are really very much interested in the studies, they pass the medical course quite easily. Others are struggling. Others are struggling, though they have got admitted. So the bhoga, the experience is not the same. So it is after all your samskaras, karma, which decides in what jati you will be born, in what ayu you will be having and what bhoga you will be going through. Now again, to understand this, what this sutra says, now we again continue with this example. Suppose as a medical, I was a medical student, I did quite well, I became a doctor and most probably I'm an established doctor. And now in the later life, I find that I have sufficient time to relax. In spite of my profession, I've taken care of them. Now, most probably as a student in the school, I developed some interest in music that was shadowed. As long as I was trying with my, as long as I was busy with my studies, with my early years of profession, that got shadowed. 
now it comes back so now you will understand what is supakrama and nirupakrama as a medical student all the things which has first fructified their supakrama something was hiding to find expression later that is nirupakrama so by doing samyama in the there's a for a yogi by seeing the mind can find out both the supakrama and the nirupakrama and can just find out when this all this is going to get getting exhausted it is only that the karma gets exhausted then only you have to leave the body so by seeing that he can determine he can just say when that person is going to die very interesting again the examples will help you know when we will find a very interesting thing when uh, uh one of the ramakrishna's disciple uh his name uh, is adharshan adharshan he was a deputy magistrate of good health highly intellectual in those days he was a deputy magistrate quite high official he had the idea that a spiritually evolved soul should have some spiritual should have some supernatural powers so he used to come to ramakrishna every day as he was a deputy magistrate he had lot of responsibilities after throughout the day's work he will come to dakshineshwar to spend some time with ramakrishna and as he was busy throughout the day he was tired the moment he used to sit he used to sleep and one day adhar asked ramakrishna a very interesting question sir what spiritual powers do you have what supernatural powers do you have and ramakrishna was extremely humorous he told a very interesting thing he immediately replied oh, i do have supernatural power what is that supernatural power i can just simply uh, lull to sleep the deputy magistrate the powerful deputy magistrate i can just to make him sleep <laughs> so that is his supernatural power so this other sen every day used to come to ramakrishna and ramakrishna suddenly we find started talking in a particular trait again and again he is saying to other a particular trait what this life is something very very unpredictable you don't know when the death comes so whatever spiritual practice you have to do don't just simply keep it aside or just procrastinate by saying i will like lot of time is there i will take care of that later any time death may come be very very particular about your spiritual practice again and again he is saying to adarshan whenever he comes particular to him he says and just when he is saying this within few months within 6 months adhar who was quite healthy no signs of disease and he was in his just 40s he was not very old person one day while super when he went out for supervision for some uh, you know that the work so some district as he was district magistrate for some his uh, went for out for supervision of his work for his work suddenly so he was riding on the horse suddenly he fell from the horse and he was so badly injured in two weeks time he died and we find suddenly why ramakrishna is just saying him this will say the supakrama and nirupakrama certain karma is there which will suddenly find expression you are maintaining good health and suddenly you find you are feeling some sickness you don't know why you go to the doctor then they say that you have developed such and such disease what is that your karma was actually like that that up to certain age most probably a, a person who has who is going to die at the age of 43 till 40 he was maintaining good health and suddenly at the age of 40 he 
gets some very severe disease and three in three years he passes away. This is the thing which we see very common in our life. Why it happens is because of the sopakrama, nirupakrama. That some action which is fructifying, I think this is the thing which is going to uh, continue. That is my threat. I have the good threats. You don't know some other karma is hiding, which is not visible. That will suddenly find expression and suddenly change the course of your life. Ramakrishna is saying, Naren, whenever he used to see Naren, he used to say he's very short, he's going to be very short-lived. I have locked the Advaita knowledge. He had once that realization, now he's not going to have it. And once he knows who he really is, he won't live. Immediately he will leave his body. He is not going to continue in this body. He will leave his body. And we find when Naren uh, came back from America, in his, he was on, uh, almost on the verge of his death. And that day, jokingly, one of the direct disciples asked, Naren, do you know who you are? Paramahansa told, once you know who you are, you will leave your body. Do you know who you are? He was actually joking. Naren very gravely replied, yes, I know. Now I know who I am. So, Sopakrama, Nirupakrama. Not only that, even there are some traits by which Ramakrishna can tell that what is waiting for us. When Naren as a young boy used to come to Dakshineshwar and you know throughout the day he was there sometimes just to have a small lit relaxation, a nap after the meals, he will lie down in the Dakshineshwar Ramakrishna's room and seeing Naren heavily breathing, when he, whenever he used to lie down, he was just napping, he used to breathe very heavily. And seeing that, Ramakrishna told, he is going to be very short-lived. Very interesting. Nowadays, we have discovered the CPAP machine. <laughs> In those days, CPAP was not there. Ramakrishna knew the threat that, okay, with all those heavily breathing up to certain age, you may find no expression in your physical body. But this is going to affect you after a certain age. Sopakrama, Nirupakrama. It's very interesting. So these are the traits which, on which if you do Samyama, you can find out the time of your death. And not only that, there is another thing, this technical term, Arishta, which, through which you can know whether death is nearing or not. This Arishta is very interesting. This Arishta can be of three types, Adhyatmik, Adhibhautik and Adhidaivik. These three types of Arishta. What is Adhyatmik? Which you can find by yourself from within, from within. They say, that's very, just a very, there is a very common example for this Adhyatmik Arishta. You close your ears with your fingers. Immediately you will find something within, like as if a burning fire, something is humming. A humming sound is there coming from within. If sometimes if you are like closing your ears, you find that humming sound is not there, know it for certain, death is nearing. Okay. <laughs> so that is Adhyatmik Arishta. Adi Bhautik. It is very common. It is a, when someone is approaching death, suddenly they start seeing their near and dear ones who have departed. That again is a sign that death is nearing. Even here in Melbourne, I have heard that of among our devotee circle, just few days before death, when the daughter went to meet the father who is going to die, 
started speaking that your mother came, the mother has just passed away, going back. Ah, she was with me and all. So this sudden visualization of the departed forefathers, it comes very vividly. That speaks then death is near. Adi Daivi, seeing divine visions. This is very interesting. With this, we will conclude our discussion today. Almost we are uh, this is nearing the time. You know, when Ramakrishna was alive, very interesting. In Dakshineshwar, there was a sweeper. His name was Rashik. Rashik was the sweeper who, very interesting, he used to see that all the so-called renowned persons of Calcutta visiting Dakshineshwar to meet this Paramahansa. He knew nothing of Ramakrishna's spirituality. He never understood nothing. He was an ordinary person, a sweeper. But seeing so many, all all these dignified persons visiting Ramakrishna, he had an idea that he must be somehow great. Why else otherwise all these dignified persons come? But at the same time, in those days, you know, there was all these class distinctions. As a sweeper, he was very afraid to go to Ramakrishna's room. He wanted to go and just resign to him. So one day what he did, Ramakrishna is to return from, uh, is to uh, go to the Ganges and is to return to his home, so he, uh, to his room. So Rasik was waiting that the when uh, Ramakrishna returns to his room, I will catch hold of him on the way. And from the Ganges, when Ramakrishna was returning, suddenly Rasik fell flat on the street and caught hold of Ramakrishna's feet and told, you have to save me. And Ramakrishna never gave him direct reply by saying that, okay, I bless you or something. What he told was very interesting. You are extremely clever. You have done the right thing. That's why he was saying, you are extremely clever. It's though apparently it appears that you are just an ordinary being, no knowledge, no sweeper. Ramakrishna just gave a wonderful smile and told, you are extremely clever. Ramakrishna passed away after that Rashik stayed for quite a long time. And then when his death came near, his death is something wonderful. He was lying on his deathbed. Suddenly he got up. He called his wife and told Ramakrishna came. Give him a seat. And in an ecstatic mood, having the vision of Ramakrishna, he passed away. So such visions speaks of Arishta. It's at the time of death. Kalipada Ghosh, few days back, we were reading his life. Wonderful. He was a drunkard. Now one day, Ramakrishna had to cross the Ganges and Kalipada pounded a wonderful chance to somehow get hold of him. What he did, he told, okay, I will take you across the Ganges. So when Ramakrishna boarded the, this, uh, got up on the boat, this Kalipada went and instructed the, the boatman something. So actually from Dakshineshwar, if you have to go to Calcutta, there is no need to go to the mid of the Ganges. You can just go by the shore because it is on the same shore. So suddenly Ramakrishna found that the boat is going to the mid of the Ganges. He never understood why. When it went to the mid of Ganges, then Kalipada Ghosh went and caught hold of Ramakrishna's feet and told, see, I'm a drunkard. My life is of no use. Unless you bless me, I know nothing is going to happen. Ramakrishna immediately asked him to protrude his tongue and wrote something on it. And he told that now from now onwards, throughout your life, you need not have to do anything. Your tongue will automatically repeat the mantra. Kalipada was not satisfied. That you cannot befool me by all those things. You have to give me something tangible. Then he told, what? You have to assure me that when I die, 
with your left hand you will get hold of my right hand and take me when kalipada died ramakrishna passed away long back when kalipada died at the death bed just before his death those who were near they suddenly saw kalipada's right hand upraised and he died this speaks of this divine visions which speaks of the nearing death this arishta has another wonderful thing another aspect that we will take up in the next class that sometimes we say that thus now also we told that swami vivekananda died of physical ailment then why is the question of ichhamrittu that he knows the time of his death he decides his time of death he had so many disease actually he died of the disease and you also because of you want to just exaggerate his life and you say that he has ichhamrittu this how this two can be understood this two contradictory idea can be understood there is a wonderful idea behind this concept of arishta that we will take up again in the next class with this we stop our discussion today thank you all namaskar